Check, check, check. Welcome back to another episode of the PO3 Podcast. My name is Marcus Marks. Okay, so uh, today is a very different episode. Uh, I'm going to be riding solo today. Uh, Victor is still on the podcast. Don't get it wrong. Um, he's going through some stuff right now. And, um, you know, I, I really hope that he sorts everything out and uh, gets done what he needs to get done. But uh, all that aside, um, it's just going to be me today. And hopefully here within the next, you know, week, a uh, couple of weeks, something like that, we can get him back in here and recording. And usually what we do is uh, we film two or we try to film at least two podcasts a week. That way we're ahead, you know. And uh, especially with COVID and everything going on now, uh, the way that it happened to work out, we uploaded 17 and 18, as you guys know, if you, you're watching. Um, and we were ahead for a good time. And then um, life happens, you know. Things happen. And um, unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it in for, you know, uh, last week or this week. And um, I was like, you know what? Um, I think we'll be okay. I mean… It is what it is. But I started getting the itch to record. And same for him. You know, I've been talking to him uh, on the phone. And um, he's going through the same thing. You know, he has a lot to talk about. Just like I have a lot to talk about. And with everything going on with, you know, COVID and everything. Uh, numbers are skyrocketing. And everybody is starting to, uh, you know, get sicker. And it's it just seems like the walls are closing in. I mean, for some people who are looking at it through a re realistic lens… Uh, some people are pretending like nothing is going on, you know, but uh, to each their own. However you view the world is how you view the world. But um, yeah, so I mean, I've never done… It's going to be very weird because usually I have my own thoughts to bounce off of Victor. And, you know, that's how the dynamic of the podcast is born and how we create our dialogue uh, by bouncing, you know, your thoughts off of somebody else. And it's like a game of tennis, you know. And… Uh, when you're solo, it just changes the dynamics of everything. You know, everything is a lot different, you know. Because I've tried to do stuff like this before. And I just I felt like a part of my personality, a huge part of who I actually am is not there. And uh, even recording, you know, starting the process of rec recording uh, on video has been, you know, a bit of an adjustment and a learning curve, obviously. Because, I mean, not everybody is a natural in front of the camera. And it, it can be an awkward thing, especially if… You know, you're talking about the subject matter that we're talking about here on the podcast. And um, it, it can be a little intimidating at times. And, you know, when we first started off, I'm sure if you guys have gone to episode 11, our first video podcast, you can tell that we were both very extremely… Um, we were holding back a lot. We were very reserved as to far as, you know, our as far as our personality goes and stuff, our personalities go. Um, I know I was because I, I look back at the video and I have to because I edit it. And uh, completely not me. Like a lot of my personality traits and my my true characters is missing there. Even though, yeah, we're talking about um, real stuff on the podcast. And we're talking about uh, things that we truly do feel and things that we go through. Um, there's still a lot of our personalities missing. And I feel like a lot of it doesn't get translated through camera. So it's like you have to… Uh, you You have to work at that, you know. And the more that we do it, you know the more our personalities start to spill over into, you know, onto that side and to, to the viewer's side. Um, but like I said, we're working on it. And um, 
I do enjoy it, man. This is a this is a huge um, outlet for me as far as therapy goes. You know, I mean, with gyms being shut down, I'm not able to go use the sauna like I used to, or get on the, you know, the 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 cardio or the the weightlifting like I like I would like to. But it is what it is, because <clears throat> that's a huge outlet for me. That's like my main source of therapy, uh, especially with mental health issues. It's very very important to make sure that your mental is uh you know, straightened out and ironed out because if you let those thoughts build up uh, and you don't have any release points and you don't have any way to let that aggression out and um, just like how people have to come home and unwind after a long day of work, it, it feels like with mental illness, it is, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It feels like you need to unwind and uh, you had a long day of work just trying to keep your thoughts in order, you know, especially for me and… Um, one of the ways that I was able to deal with that last year prior to that um, was fitness, you know. It really, really woke me up and it helped me kind of uh, tame my thoughts and it took a lot of the edge off, you know. It, of course, it doesn't heal you and it's, it's, it's not something that's going to solve your mental illness and completely get rid of it, but it is something that will damper it and it will, um, it will lighten the effects, you know, of depression or even if you're manic or something like that or anything else, paranoia, you name it, you know, that comes along with mental illness. Uh, fitness and mental illness go hand in hand. It's like perfect. It's just another tool in your arsenal to use towards getting yourself better and maintaining a healthy lifestyle and a mental, a mental, uh, and mental capacity. So um, it's unfortunate that I don't have, you know, uh, the sauna to go, uh, to go to anymore because that was, one of the biggest things for me was just putting in a like a good hour of cardio. And then on top of that, going to sit in the sauna for like 30 minutes at a very high temperature. And because it, like you start pouring sweat, you know, I'll go in there with like a hoodie. I'll go in there with sweats and I'll throw on my headphones and I'll just listen to like a podcast or something like that. Listen to a lot of David Goggins, uh, Joe Rogan and stuff. Uh, and just kind of sit there and vibe out, you know, and just let myself unwind after the workout because you do got to come down after that. And then uh, next thing you know, you're at home, you're in the shower, and you feel the, the endorphins rushing through your body. And it's, a, like, like I said, a huge form of therapy for me. And uh, I often uh, catch myself really reminiscing on the, the cardio aspect. And I know you guys are like, well, dude, just go outside or why don't you work out at home? And uh, prior to me ever going to the gym, that's all I ever did. Uh, I, I started working out at home. I did nothing but calisthenics, just straight up… Uh, clean diet, as clean as you could possibly be, super strict. Um, Pull-ups, sit-ups, you know, push-ups, anything that involves calisthenics, you know, with no weight training at all. And I lost um, 25 pounds in 60 days just doing that alone. Um, granted, I did have cardio. Um, and every time I would try to do cardio without like an elliptical machine or something like that, uh, I tried running and jump roping. But over the years, you know, you get older and shit. Like, I'm, I just turned 31. And um, your body's just not the same anymore. So every time I try to run, I always end up getting hurt. Like, every time. Like, no matter how much I stretch, no matter how many, you know, uh, vitamins I take or how clean I'm eating or something like that, I always end up getting hurt. Like, if it's my knee, if I'm pulling a muscle, uh, twisting an ankle, whatever it is, you name it. Like, like anything that has to do with running. And uh, for me, I just don't… Like, yeah, I can deal with the injury, but I don't like the fact that it sets me back because 
once I'm getting once I get into a pattern of like, look, I'm following this regimen very strictly now. Um, it's very easy for me, especially with my personality being habit, habit forming. I have a very uh, have a high tendency of falling off my regimen because I have to be dialed into it. So if like one thing isn't, it's like a very very like precise um, like a Rolex watch or something like that. Like that. Like all the mechanisms inside have to work in sync with each other. And if one of the mechanisms is out of place or if it's not, you know, if it's if it's not functioning properly, then the whole machine doesn't work. And that's how I view uh, fitness and mental health and everything like that. If one thing isn't in order, then it's going to uh, create a domino effect and everything else is going to fall out of order. So like when I get hurt, it uh, creates this time, like this time lag. Of me, like it delays my 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 workouts because I have to now got to focus on recovering and now I can't do my fitness. And now that I'm not doing my fitness, I feel like I'm wasting the. This is just the way I think, and I gotta change it. Like I think just because I'm not working out, but I'm eating clean, that there's no point of eating clean anymore because I'm not working out. That's just the way my stupid mind works, and it's something I gotta work on. But um, it derails my train, you know, and it and it keeps me and prevents me from working out. Like the. The reason why I stopped working out this last time, because I did get into it like uh, maybe a few months towards the end of summer. Um, I was doing really good. I was eating super clean again and I was doing my calisthenics. Of course, the gyms were closed, so I was just doing it at home. Uh, I was doing everything I did the first time to get back in shape um, just at home. And Except this time, I integrated some, uh, some weights. Uh, and I was doing some curls and I pulled a back muscle pretty badly and it put me out for a good month. And I knew when that happened, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm not going to get back to it. Like, it's just going to unravel. And sure enough, it did. Here we are. Like, I'm my face is like <laughs> swollen and, you know, I got myself a gut. Like, I got myself a, a freaking belly again. And it granted to other people, they look at me, they're like, dude, you're so skinny. But it's like, you could be skinny fat, dude. Like, you can be out of shape. Like, I'm transitioning back into the point where I'm going to start doing my workouts. And I started eating clean again. Um, but my body got so out of shape from that. And I fell off the wagon so hard because of that stupid back injury. And now I'm to the point where I have to take two weeks just to condition my body. So I'm starting off with just stretching and eating clean before I do any type of uh, working out. Maybe I'll hit a couple push-ups and pull-ups here and there. But I'm not going to be back on my… Uh, my what's it called? My regimen. Um, and you know what I have? I have my regimen. I have it all written down. And I could even show you like how I do it and everything. I'll grab that here in a second. Um, but yeah. So like I'm sore just from stretching. And I'm talking about like 30 minutes of stretching. Like I'm, I'm, I'm touching my toes and stuff. Like the regular stretches. And I'm focusing on my legs and my back and everything like that. Because my back is super tight. And not to mention like I had a back injury last year. Uh, it was an accident. I fell directly on my ass in the sitting position straight up and I'm pretty convinced that I like I like fractured my tailbone or something like that because it's been hurting a lot like uncomfort like it's very bad and uh, I just haven't gone to the doctor because I don't want anybody sticking their their freaking thumb up my ass like it is what it is you know like I, I'm just I'm good like because I looked it up and the way for it to heal is you kind of just got to like let it heal on its own there's really nothing they can do unless like it requires surgery but that's very rare um so you kind of just kind of live with it and just kind of cater to it and make sure you don't, you know, uh, further aggravate it. Because like after it happened, I couldn't do… It was again in the middle of my workouts. 
tried hitting some sit-ups and it was not happening. Like I just had a super shooting pain up up my spine and everything. And it and it go and I've already had back problems, lower back problems, because um when I was younger in high school, I got hit by a car and I'm pretty sure that threw me out of whack. And uh, I never went to the hospital for that. I was on my way to school walking and um I was in the crosswalk too, and some forget I don't know where I had my headphones on. Bam, hit me. Next thing you know, I'm 20 feet from the freaking crosswalk. Luckily, I didn't uh, have any head injuries or anything like that. It was all lower body. But um, so ever since then, and then even I've had back in, uh, back problems. And then not to mention the construction, all the years of construction that I worked. Uh, that first year of construction was just all digging. So I was bent over all the time, you know. And, you know, plumbers and stuff, they spend a lot of time in the trenches and stuff. And you're bending over a lot. Um, and then, what was another one? Like, uh, yeah, a lot of it was just like, and so like, yeah, back in high school, I used to run track. And this is when I started finding out that, you know, okay, I've got some problems like with my, uh, you know, my joints and stuff like that. I was… We were practicing for the 100 meter and we were just… It was a regular practice. It wasn't a, a heat or anything like that. And uh, freaking took off. By the time I got like halfway done with the 100 meter, 50 meters in or something like that, my freaking… I fell straight to the ground. Like my… I completely uh, pulled my my quad muscle. My big one. On my left leg and stuff. And I, just, I went immediately hit the ground straight. I knew something was wrong. So I had to go see the chiropractor and everything. And… Uh, that's when I found out a bunch of other stuff about my body. Uh, like foods that I was allergic to and stuff. And just stuff like that. Like you, st- you slowly start finding out about yourself. Um, you know, when you do become injured and stuff. So like I'm very injury prone. Like my body is it's going to take a lot of conditioning for me to get my body to the point where I can perform at a level where I don't get injured anymore very easily. Uh, because even like wrists and everything, like all your joints and stuff, that's why I like it's huge that you have to stretch before you work out. And the one time I didn't stretch when I hurt my back the last time, I didn't stretch for whatever reason. I was like too tired to stretch. I was being lazy. I skipped the the, the stretching portion of my workout. And sure enough, I was doing bicep curls. And all I heard was like in my back. And sure enough, I was like, I was out of breath and everything. I couldn't breathe. Uh, well, I could breathe, but it was hard to breathe and it was painful. And that's how I knew. I was like, all right. Next time, I am not skipping my freaking… Uh, my work… My stretch. Because it, it ties into the workout. I'm going to go get my… Uh, my freaking board real quick. I'll be right back. I got to fix this space. It's so tight. Like the, the space is like so crowded in here. So this is my um, my workout board that I, I… I started writing my stuff down. Because before I never used to write my stuff down. I mean I would on paper. But I kind of did, did everything by memory. And this is how I set it up. So as you can see here I have… I have abs. I have a whole section for that. Like one, two, three, four, five, six. I have just written down. I have six workouts just for my abs. 
And uh, I have a total of… There's probably like 10. I just don't have the, those written down. I just have the ones that I, I primarily go to. And then I have… Uh, you know, I added some dumbbell curls in. That's why I got a dry erase because I wanted to add like different kind of works, workouts. I got pull-ups. Um, I got push-ups. Regular, wide, uh, mid, normal. And then I got a bunch of other stuff. So like for abs, I would do like bike sit-ups and stuff. That's where like you… You lay on your back, and if you're gonna do a sit up, you do bicycles, and you got mountain climbers, side planks for the V, uh, reverse crunches. Those are crazy. Uh, leg raises. Some of it got to raise half crunches. Those are, you know, upper and lower, and then dumbbell curls. You know, I got stands, sitting, and then you get the, like that's not even to count shoulders and everything like that. And then I got um, regular, regular, and then like usually what I do with regular, wide, mid, and normal is a. Uh, Depending on the day, like I'll go incline, I'll go decline, or I'll do, you know, regular. Or I'll use the pull-up bar to uh, incline me a little bit. And then I'll go, you know, diamond. And then I'll go wide. And then I'll go mid, like regular. Um, yeah, so like these are all the workouts. And then I would like to… I've tried to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then rest like Sunday or something like that. But um, just with this board alone… Um, and this is no, like, no weights. Like, you can do all this stuff without any weights at all. And you can see, like, crazy results. Like, as long as you're doing the workouts right, and you're not cheating yourself, you're not doing these freaking half push-ups like you see online. Like a dude doing 200 push-ups where he's going like this. Like, you're not… There's not a full range of motion there. As long as you're doing it correctly, you're eating clean, and you're consistent about it, you're going to see the changes, you know. And you drink nothing but water. Um, you're going to be fine, but… The reason I went off on this rant is because for me, fitness was super, super important. And it was a huge factor into taming my moods, you know, because uh, they do they do very like widely. You know, I'm up here, I'm down here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. It's just I couldn't tell you how I'd be feeling. I, I couldn't tell you what my day was going to be like. I noticed that when I was like in high school. I remember when I first started noticing the symptoms, I was like 15 or 16. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like going to take a shower and I was in the shower. And I remember just thinking to myself like, man, like it's getting to a point now where I can't even determine whether or not I'm going to feel good today. Like I don't know what my mood is going to be like today. Like this is crazy. Like I have no idea what it's going to be like. I couldn't tell you. Like, I might be pissed off today. I might be groggy. I might be out of it. Or I might be super energetic today. Like, I have no idea. Now, I just feel like it's a waiting game now. And that's how young I started noticing it. Um, with And then top of it, like, all kinds of other stuff, you know. But uh, fitness is key for me. Like, I, I love fitness. And it's unfortunate that, you know, I just don't want to put my family at risk, you know. Because when you go to the the gyms now, yeah, they're they're open. The sauna's not because close quarters, they close all that type of stuff off. And of course, they they put another restriction on California, as you guys know. Um, they cut a lot of that stuff out. But still, like you go into the gyms, they're they're still indoor, some of them, and they have it like segregated. Like there's some outdoor, indoor, or they integrate them. But they people aren't wearing masks like. It is what it is, you know. You can have your stance on whether you wear a mask or not, but I feel like they work, and so so just wear it. For me, I wear it, and it's not a problem. Like I'm, I'll do my part. But um, yeah, I just I you go there, and I just feel like, uh, especially with cardio, you're gonna be huffing and puffing pretty hard, and touching all kinds of stuff. And it's just like I don't want to put my family at risk because you never want to be the one 
to have to break the news to somebody like, yeah, I'm the one that got grandpa, grandma and grandpa sick, you know? Like, you don't want to be that guy. Trust me, you don't want to be that guy. You would regret it if something ever happened. And it's just like, dude, just take this year, do it correctly, and let's let's just see where this goes, you know, because you are helping, you know, prevent the spread or whatever. And it's, that's just people's problems nowadays. Like, they're not following the protocol. Like, just people just think, you know, that they're immune or whatever, or they just don't care. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I hate seeing it. It frustrates me. Uh, I, I really wish that people would just get on board with this thing, go, like, go all out, and you got your people with conspiracy theories, and, you know, you got people over here uh, acting like or thinking that science is 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 some bullshit or something like that. Like, they're not buying into it, you know, and these are the smartest people in the world telling us, you know, that, yeah, just wear your freaking mask. Like, it works, you know? But that's a whole other road to go down, and um, I've already given my thoughts on it, and I, I just, my, I'm, Pro mask, like, just wear it, please. You know, it's really not that hard. One second. All right. But yeah, um, Crazy times, man. Like, it's it's totally… It's insane. Like, everything that's going on, you know. So, I can imagine what other people are going through that don't have an outlet, you know. Who haven't found fitness. Who haven't been as fortunate enough as I am to have somebody to talk to about it. Um, Victor Jr. Um, I'm very lucky that I came across him. And, you know met him and formed this podcast with him because he's mentioned to me plenty of times how important this is to him as well. Uh, as far as him, you know, as far as therapy goes, because neither of us go to therapy. Um, it was something that we were looking into. I was looking into it for myself. And again, COVID, uh, apparently they're not wearing masks at these uh, these group therapy meetings. And it's like, you know, there's like 30, 40 people in there and some wear masks, some don't. And it's just like, Alrighty, I'm gonna have to figure out another way to do this. So um, we got creative, and this is kind of just tied into our therapy, you know. So we use it as that. So the fact that we haven't been able to record for a couple of weeks is it's unfortunate. And like I said, I was getting the itch to record, so I decided to just set up and do something myself. And I know it's gonna be a lot different, and it's gonna be boring, but um, it is what it is. I just wanted to put something out there, and you know, talk about a little bit, uh, a little bit about what I've been going through. You know, um, these last couple of weeks, I haven't been feeling the best, like, at all. Like, my fiancé, she always tells me she knows when it's coming. My depression, she knows the patterns. And without me even really realizing it, like, I, I obviously, I realize it's affecting her. But, like, I don't realize how deep it cuts sometimes. Sometimes, uh, when you get into heated arguments and tears start falling… Uh, you see the pain on somebody's face that you're, that you're really having a negative effect in this person's life, and it gets it gets heavy, you know, and it and it it motivates me to want to get better each time that those episodes happen, and the times that we get into fights because directly because of my depression, you know, my my bipolar disorder. Um, 
It's huge. Like living with somebody who has bipolar disorder, it's almost like they're they're going through it just as much as you are because they're the ones who take the brunt of it. They're the ones who have to watch you go through it and they can't help but feel helpless, I'm pretty sure, you know. Like I've never been in… Well, I have been in a situation where I've dealt with somebody with it, but not a like a partner, you know, not somebody that I care about as much as I care about this person. Like I can't imagine if the roles were reversed. Like I, I really don't know if I would have the the strength to put up with that every day. Because it's difficult. I, I live with myself. Like I understand how difficult I am. And um, I've been told that many a times, you know, from family members to past relationships to friends even. Um, dude, back in high school, I had a… Uh, they called me uh, DM. It was depress- Depressing Mark. Like that was my my nickname because people knew… Like they they… When I had good days, I was great to be around and I was fun. Uh, I made people laugh and stuff. But sure enough, like I would get depressed. And a lot of people, they were unenthused to be around me because they knew that the second I come around, it's going to be like, like the mood is just going to go from here to here because I'm bringing that negative energy. And the same goes for a relationship, you know? They can feel that. Like, I've been told them many a times, like, I can feel your vibes just like changing now. Like, I know when it's coming and it's it's super hard to deal with. And uh, whatever your circumstance may be, a lot of people aren't built to deal with that kind of thing. And I don't think that anybody can be prepared for something like that. Um, Because mental health is a serious, serious thing. And when you start bringing somebody into it who didn't ask for it, um, the impact is huge, you know. It changes you who you are. It changes that person. For sure. Because I know for a fact that the person I met and the person that I have now are two different people. Not in a bad way necessarily, but it does change you. You know, you learn you learn that, okay, there's this other whole different part of life where this thing exists and people do go through this, you know. Because I don't know within her family if there's stuff like that. mental, And I feel uncomfortable talking about her side. Like, I would want that to be something that comes from her mouth. Like, if she wants to talk about it, then we could talk about it. And I would love to have her on and give you guys the um, the aspect of, like, somebody who lives with somebody like me. Somebody who goes through a mental illness. Uh, lives with a mental illness. Um, I'd love to have you guys have that aspect. Because I know there's a million people on this planet who go through the same thing. Who live with somebody who they see struggling every single day. And they don't know what to do do about it. And they don't feel comfortable sharing it. Like, I'm not even sure that her family knows about it. And I'm not even sure her sister knows about it. I'm not sure who knows about it. I'm pretty sure she keeps it to herself. But that's not necessarily a good thing because you bottle it up. And when you start bottling things up, especially something as serious as this, everybody has their breaking point. There's only so much you could bend before you break, you know, unless you're a gymnast, you just make a circle. (laughs) This is not the case, you know. Um, Everybody has their breaking point. And I've always told her, like, I never want to get to the point where you reach your breaking point. I always want to talk to talk through everything that we're experiencing. That's why communication is such a huge part of a relationship of being just in general, but especially with somebody who has a mental illness. You have to talk about it. You have to because if you don't, 
Things are going to get ugly and they can't read your mind, you know, and you can't read their mind. It's impossible. You have to you have to express yourself and you have to know how to communicate because it's a different form of communication. It's not just like, hey, how was your day? Yeah, it was good. It's like, okay, you're asking a serious question now. Like, how are you feeling? Um, what's going through your head, you know? And it's even for me, like I've experienced this my whole life and I'm still barely learning how to talk about it with, with, uh, with her, with Victor Jr., with myself, you know, like I'm growing as a, a human being and I know like how much work that it takes to actually communicate it and convey your true feelings because I, a lot of the times I catch myself just lying straight up. Like, how do you feel? I'm good, you know, even though they know that's a bold-faced lie. Like they know you're not feeling the best. Um, but for whatever reason, we just have a tendency to to go straight to a lie most of the time, like, and refuse to tell the truth about how you're feeling. I don't know why. It's It may be something that inside me, I'm insecure about it. And you know what? I mean, it has to be, you know? I've asked myself this question a million times. It's just like, okay, how come I can't just say how I'm feeling? And a lot of the times, like, in a relationship, especially being a man, like, you want to put up this image of like, look, I can be strong for you and I want you to know that I have it under control and that you need to know that I'm the person that you come to when things get hard and I need to look up to you. And that's always the image that I've tried to portray, not because I'm faking it, but that's just who I've always wanted to be. I've always wanted to be somebody who you could look up to. You know, I've always wanted to make sure that I had that impact on certain people's lives. And I wanted to be solid, you know. That's just my foundation. That's how I was brought up. And that's the people I'm around, you know. I surround myself with… I try to surround myself with solid people. And I try to… If I feel like there's any type of um, like weird vibes or any red flags around certain people, then I'll cut you off, you know, just because I don't need that. Like, I want to make sure that I can trust you, you know, because it's huge. You know, I don't… Last thing I want on my mind is thinking about somebody and wondering if they're being genuine with me. Um, because I, I don't open up to people. I don't. It is what it is. I mean, this kind of contradicts that because now this is at the disposal of anybody's fingers now. Like anybody just type this in if they know that I produce music or whatever and this is going to come up. And it is what it is. But you know what? Hopefully it makes sense to people now. Like if you did know me back in the day, um, maybe it'll make sense to you why I was how I was and, you know, I'm still going through that stuff. But circling back, Communication is the the hugest, the biggest part in anybody's relationship, whether you have a mental illness or not, but especially with mental illness. Um, like I said, I'm still learning how to talk about it and be real with myself of like, look, why why are you putting up this 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 wall? And why are you pretending to to act like you feel okay? And even though, yeah, I want to be the strong one in the relationship, I feel like you're even stronger if you could just break down those walls and be completely vulnerable with your partner. I feel like they should be able to um, see, not see right through you, but like know exactly what's going on in your head. And any any time that you tell them that you know you're not feeling good or you're feeling okay, that they should they should believe that you know to their core that okay, I feel like he's telling the truth now, rather than you know. Going back to the pattern of like, 
I asked him if he was feeling okay, but he said yes, but I don't believe him. I know that that's not the case. You want to undo that shit. You want to make sure that you want to get to a point, at least for me, I want to get to a point where when I ask you or you ask me if I'm feeling okay, I want to know that your response is something that I'm going to believe 100%. Because you want to make sure that there's trust. Because there's two dips, there's a lots of different types of trust. You know, there's trust within the relationship of like, all right, are you being faithful to me? And then there's another type of trust where like, do I really trust what you're telling me is the truth about your internal feelings? Like, are you telling me something just to tell me what I want to hear? Or are you saying it because you're embarrassed to talk about it? You know, I want to, I want to, I don't want to have to ponder those questions. I want to know that when I ask you that I'm getting a genuine response out of you and that you're giving me your true feelings. And yeah, that takes a lot of work because too, like a lot of the times, like, okay, depression, it lasts for, you know, sometimes up to, you know, two, three months. Like it, it'll last that long. And if they ask you every day how you're feeling, like there's only so many times you're going to want to tell them the truth about, I feel shitty again. I feel shitty again. Like so many of those responses and th those truthful responses will add up. And it's like, dude, like every time I ask him how he's feeling, like this is all I get back. Like I feel like, and then it, and then it like oversaturates it. Like it becomes, it gets to the point where, where, it gets to the point where um, you don't even want to ask anymore because you already know how and it kind of wrecks it. And that's another reason maybe why I have a tendency to just, you know, beat around the bush and uh, act like everything is okay. The reason I said where is because I was editing the videos and I noticed that uh, I'm pronouncing where as were, like we are. I don't know, understand. Like I never knew that I did that. That's another thing about being on camera too is you, you start realizing like all your your uh, pronunciations and stuff and you start even uh like how I just did that. Like I started noticing I say that a lot. Like uh, like I stumble upon my words and it's hard for me to uh, form sentences a lot of times. I just did it there again. It's like a crutch, like a crutch for me to to, to stand on. But um, anyways, I, yeah, it's it's super important, you know. It's super, super important. You just… The more you work at it though, like with anything, everything is repetition. Repetition. Like the more repet like the more times that you do it and you practice communicating with somebody, the more uh the better you become at it. You know, and I'm uh I'm a huge advocate of that and I I I really do condone like communication, obviously. But um because for me, like in my relationship and I'll just, I'll just say, like, my fiancé communicates better via text because <clears throat> she knows that I'm not going to cut her off, one, so she can get her point across. And before you think, you know, that I'm saying text is the way to go, don't. Like, just hear me out. Um, before I can cut her off or give my input, you know, and and start trying to, like, unravel her her uh her way of thinking and try to like pick it apart and everything before I can even get to that point I have to read the message first because she's not there in person that's what she told me at least like she feels like she communicates better because I am a stubborn person and a lot of the times when we do start we get to talk and I'm like no like this or that or like I, like it's this way like I always view it from 10 different angles and I try to pick apart everything and it's it's really, really, really frustrating. Like, 
I'm not a very good listener sometimes. And other times I am. But when I'm in my… You know, when I'm depressed or if I'm manic, like it's… I, I really get this tunnel vision that I had no idea existed in me. Even times like I'm going back and editing these podcasts and Victor says something to me. Like it's just like over my head because I'm like so tunnel vision on thinking what I was thinking and there was no other angles to it. Like it's weird to me. It's… But I'm starting to see that. I'm starting to recognize that I do have these tendencies and I have these ways of thinking like like selective thinking and selective hearing. Like like I'm I'm really trying to work myself out of that. So now when I'm in a conversation with somebody, I'm really trying to make myself realize that okay, hear this person out and try and understand their angle before I respond and take in everything that they're saying before I respond because I have a huge tendency to just go this way and it's only a, a one-way road. Like there's no other ways for me to view it and that's that's not a good thing, you know. It's it's like I'm training myself and forcing myself to see the other person's perspective, which I never used to do that before. I always just thought that um I don't know, I don't know. It, it's it's just a way of thinking that you were born into, not born into, but that you learned over time and uh you just developed over the years and you started running with that and nobody called you on it. At least for me, like sometimes people never called me on my bullshit and uh, I'm not blaming anybody but myself. But it would have really helped if somebody did point that out. Like, hey, look, dude, like hey, shut the fuck up and like listen to it from this angle. Like, do you understand what you just did and how you responded? Like, you you responded in a completely… Like, you weren't even paying attention to me. Like, really? Like, were you listening? Because a lot of it is that too. Like, a lot of the times I'm not even fucking completely tuned in to what you're saying because of ADHD. And I have like… <laughs> it's such a mess, dude. Like, I swear to God. Like, it's 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 crazy, but it is work, you know, and I'm willing to put in the work. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a mess. Like, especially with ADHD, like somebody will get to talking to me and I'll forget what they're saying. Like, I can't I can't repeat back to you what you just said because my mind was thinking of, you know, 20 other things while you were talking. And another reason why I can't get through a book, you know, I've tried reading a million times and I have all these hard copies of books that I love. Uh, but I have to listen to, to like the audio versions of it because when I would try to go and sit down and read that book, I couldn't for the life of me get through the page. Like I would have to read it four or five times just to retain a portion of that. Like I'd retain like 2% of the page, you know. And uh, everything was just like 10 times the work. But it is what it is. I mean, what are you going to do? You're born with the 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 hand that you know, you're born with what, what you are and you got dealt the hand that you were dealt. And there's nothing that you can do other than just play your cards to the best of your ability and learn over time how to better utilize those cards and how to get better at playing the game of life. You know, because that's… It is, it, is, it is what it is, you know. And everybody wasn't dealt the same, the same set of cards and not everybody was um, fortunate to have fully functional, healthy mind, you know, right off the bat. Or if they were, life happens and some people have tendencies to lean towards substance abuse or tendencies to lean towards these negative habits or you name it, you know, on top of a mental illness, you know. Uh, there's a lot of things and contributing factors to why people are unhappy. And regardless of your circumstances, just understand that if you… If you really, really look at it, 
from a different angle. And you force yourself to see that there are options. Then that's when everything changes. Because a lot of times for me too, I often see myself playing the victim. And I feel like a lot of the times I just give up before I even sit down and take the time to think about, all right, look, what are my options here? Like, here's what I'm going through. And I have this problem. You've got to get to the root of the problem first. And it's just a lot easier when you're in those mind states to just be like, man, fuck it. Like, fuck everything. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, whatever. I'm just going to give up and I'm going to, I'm going to eat horribly. I'm going to smoke cigarettes. I'm going to drink and I'm going to do this and that. And it's just so much easier to go there because… It doesn't take any work to do that. Like, you just do it and then, you know. But unfortunately, that it just makes everything worse. So, when you're in those situations, I know as hard as it may be, like, you have to force yourself. And the more you force yourself to view it from a different angle and realize that you do have options, the better you'll get at, you know, controlling your emotions when you start to see yourself going down this rabbit hole and this downward spiral of like this emotional roller coaster like or in any any circumstance you know like if you're in a relationship that's toxic like if you understand that if you sit back and you realize like why am i so unhappy with this person okay realize it and then step back and view it from a different point and be like look why am I so miserable with this person? All right, is it me? Is it you? Is it the combination of both of us? But if you could just step back and see that, like, look, okay, maybe it's messed up because I messed up and this person is trying to tell me something and trying to call me out on it. But every time they do, and I'm not talking about myself, I'm talking about, I'm just trying to give a scenario here. And maybe when they do, my response is always to just play the victim. And get defensive. Because a lot of people have that tendency. When people call them out on their bullshit, what is the first thing they do? Most of the times, they get very defensive. And that's not healthy. Because you're not, being a, you're not taking accountability for your actions. Most of the time. And um, if you could just train yourself in those circumstances, maybe you can fix your relationship or, or whatever it is, you know. Or call that person out on their shit as well as your own. And start working on your own stuff. Like, look, all right. Like, I'm going to try my hardest when you notice yourself beginning to engage in an argument with your partner or whoever, a coworker, a friend, whoever. When you notice yourself starting to engage in that argument, ask yourself why first. You know, think before you speak. Ask yourself why. And ask yourself what provoked it. And ask yourself, is what provoked it even worth it? You know, the circumstance. Look at the circumstance. And if you could just do that, the more you do it, you'll train yourself to have that be your reaction rather than always being you know like the pattern that you fall into always flying off the handle because it's a pattern that you developed over time and that's just something that you you learned how to do because that's just now that's just your go-to like that's your that's your reflex you got to change your reflex you know have your reflex reflex be like all right look take it in analyze it and then approach it from a thought out point of view rather than just Taking it for what it was and then not analyzing it and then flying off the handle. And the next thing you know, you're not talking to somebody for five or six days or you lose somebody because of it. You know, because you refuse to see the bigger picture. And that will also help you realize that maybe you guys just don't belong together or you don't 
need to be friends with this person. You don't need to be working at this place because of whatever circumstance you fill in the blank here. Um, analyzation, you know, it's huge. You got to analyze yourself. And I've, do, I've been doing a lot of that for myself for a good while now. And uh, it does take work. And it's very, very hard to maintain um, that mind frame because it is effort. It's a lot of effort to make yourself, uh, you know, <laughs> to, to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. It's, it's hard to make yourself go to that place in your mind. But the more you do it, the easier it becomes, you know. Like I said, a repetition. So, um, let me see where we're at time. We're about 45 minutes in. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and cut this one short because, you know, I'm by myself. And, you know, although I would like to keep it going and talk about all kinds of other stuff, I mean, a lot of times, like, I just forget about the stuff that I did want to talk about. And uh, sometimes I do write it down. But um, that's the beauty of having a podcast partner, you know, somebody to talk about this stuff with because there's never a dull moment there. And even if there is, it's still comedy, you know, for us. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, doing these solo ones really makes me appreciate like having a podcast partner because I don't think that I could do this shit alone and I can't do this alone. I don't want to do it alone. I want to have somebody to do this with. And even though I have the luxury of doing it by myself, I still would rather have, you know, I, I want to pick somebody's brain and I want to have somebody pick my brain and I want, you know, um, Somebody to bounce things off of. And connection is a very important thing. Relationships and communication. That's all. Because what we're doing this whole podcast is communicating. And showing each other like, all right, look, here's my point of view. And here's my point of view. All right, let's pick it apart. You know, and this because I learned stuff from him. And he learned stuff from me, I'm sure, you know. Uh, and that's the beauty of it. But um, yeah, so don't ever take communication for granted. You know, don't ever take the person you're with for granted. Like, really, really try your hardest. So, I think that's going to be the challenge of the week. Um, so, as you know, we started a challenge of the week segment. Uh, it was called the Stigma Enigma Challenge. And what we wanted to do is, you know, give you guys an incentive to walk the PO3 path with us. And basically, what the PO3 path is, is it's a weekly challenge segment. And what I did is I came up with an acronym for stigma because a lot of the reason people don't talk about their mental illness issues and their true feelings and their emotions and stuff is because there's a huge stigma around that. And there's a huge stigma on mental illness and there's a huge stigma on vulnerability in general. Uh, being vulnerable, especially if you're a man, is just looked down and frowned upon, unfortunately. Don't know why. It is what it is. But um, me and Victor are trying to change that. We're really, really trying to make it cool not even cool but just like spread the messages like look you got to talk about it you have to talk about it why not you know other people are going through it you're not the only one um so that's what the po3 pathway is all about so we i created a uh an acronym for stigma so let me look it up i, uh, I know what it is so slowly this illness guided me along um and then the other one was what was the other one let me see hold up I have two of them. Oh, yeah. So that I give my all. I have more than two, but these two were the ones that plugged in the best. So basically how it works is the incentive for you to walk the PO3 path with us and take the weekly challenge is I want you guys to think about 
whatever stigma affected you the most on mental illness, like what was it that made you terrified to speak up about you fill in the blank so that I give my all? Stigma. So that I give my all. So think about it for you personally. What personally made you terrified to speak up about whatever stigma was on mental illness, whatever you're going through, use that as the incentive to take the challenge. And the challenge this week is communication. If you notice that you're in particular, if you're particularly, excuse me, (laughs) if you notice that you and your partner or whoever it is, if you guys have a tendency to lean towards arguments all the time, And confrontation is a regular thing for you. What I want you to do is take a step back, analyze, and communicate. But truly communicate. Not communicate with, you know, profanity or yelling and screaming or trying to get your point of view across. What I want you to do is analyze and communicate. But from a truthful point of view. Really, really looking at it for what it is analyzing it. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. But what I want you to do is be accountable for it. So analyze, be accountable, and communicate. That's the the, the weekly uh, challenge. And I'll attest to it. You know, I do I do these challenges on my own. You know, I, I, I implement these own things on my own all the time. That's how I come up with the challenges. I, I look at what I'm going through and I apply it. And whatever I learn from that, that becomes a weekly challenge. So, um, with that said, uh, I thank you guys for all the subscribers that we have so far. We're working our way up to 30. And I appreciate every single one of you guys who are subscribed to the channel because everything helps out. And um, the more of these that we can record and the more people that, you know, uh, view this, every little bit helps. And we do highly appreciate you guys. And uh, I appreciate you, Victor Jr., if you're going to be at home watching this. Um, missed you this week. You know, hopefully we can get it in soon. and. Get a couple of things recorded here because, uh, yeah, this has been tough you know, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> like, it's super different without you here. But um, with that said, um, you know, like, subscribe, uh, share. If you guys get anything out of this podcast, uh, like I said, our goal here on this podcast is just to get you guys to be comfortable in your own skin and to be able to get to that point in your life where you guys can communicate about this type of thing. So um, with that said, this has been another episode of the PO3 Podcast. Uh, My name is Marcus Marks, and hopefully next time, Victor Jr. will be here, but uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one.